You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic Friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. So happy you're tuning in today. If you tuned in on Tuesday for my little bonus episode, personal share. Thank you, friends. This is back to our more typical content, learning from amazing experts in the space of self-care. And this is a really cool conversation. Andy Scarborough, hairstylist and spiritual teacher extraordinaire. She's talking with us about the optimization of our simple self-care practices, like a haircut, into something really profound. And it's wild because for so many people, a regular haircut is really one of the only forms of consistent self-care that they are doing. And that can be something so much bigger than just, you know, cutting off some hair. It's about personal connection. It's about impermanence, which we talk about in this conversation today. I really connected with Andy and her cancer energy. We talk about so many things, including a short conversation into mystical Christianity, which I've been so interested in learning more about for some time, having grown up as Catholic Yeah, there's in the show notes is some recommendations on books if that's something you are interested in learning more about. In this episode, we discuss the art form of beauty. We talk about turning self-care into something spiritual and profound. We talk about that idea of impermanence. Uh, We talk about the ritual of working with a crystal comb. So Andy creates these beautiful combs, like hair combs made out of crystals that can set this ritual into motion where you're really connecting to, you know, the beauty of the moment of the crystal, setting yourself up for evening rest. There's just tons of ideas in the episode. And we talk about self-care for those that are working in service of others. So, you know, as a hairstylist, Andy is constantly in service of others. I get this question a lot from listeners, people that are, you know, nurses or even in you know the the restaurant industry, like you're constantly serving others. What do you do to take care of yourself? And Andy has a great insight into that. And then finally, we do talk about that idea of mystical Christianity, which you guys are going to want to stick around for. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to work with Andy, you can use the code Yoga Magic for 22% off site wide, and that includes her beautiful crystal combs. And if you love this episode, please, friends, I beg of you, share it with your other friends of the world, share it on social media. That really is how podcasts grow. 
And I hope that this show brings you value every week. Maybe someone else can benefit from it as well. If you're not already following along, hop on to Instagram and follow at Yoga Magic Podcast. And I'm at Ashley.Sonnergaard. And then finally, I just reopened the Cosmic Self-Care mini course for free for those of you that want to sign up for our email list. So grab that link in the show notes to get the mini course and you'll get our emails regularly. I don't send them out excessively really just upcoming episodes events and things ways that we can get connected all right everyone let's get to this fun conversation with andy scarborough the creator of crown works all right welcome andy i'm so excited to chat with you you do such interesting unique work and i have so many questions for you thanks for taking the time this morning i really appreciate it oh my gosh my pleasure i'm always delighted to geek out about that intersection of beauty and ritual Right. It's a, it's, it is an intersection. And I like, am really excited. We've kind of touched on it on yoga magic in the past, but not in this really unique way. And I think you're going to be the perfect person to shed light on that intersection. Can you just tell listeners a little bit about you, your upbringing, your education, your background, really anything that you want to share that led you up to what you do today? Sure. I mean, it has been a wild road, lady. It has certainly (laughs) been a wild road. Uh, I grew up as the, the granddaughter of a cattle farmer in Southeast Texas, um, totally like loose in the woods and playing make-believe and talking to fairies and trees and left, uh, left home very early and came to the West Coast. Um, I was very clear that I wanted to work in beauty. So just got started right away. I was 17 when I packed up. Wow. I know it's like, talk about grace by the grace of the almighty is how I made it through those first few years. Um, but I just landed right into the work. And so I feel really lucky that I've had 20 years of working in beauty in all different um, paths and walks. I've been salon owner and um, main stage educator for corporate beauty and product development. And I mean, all manner of things, consulting and coaching. And it's it's been such a deep view into not only like our individual relationship with beauty, um, but also the business of beauty Mm -hmm. and sort of what moves all of that. And, and really like what, what it's serving us as individuals, what's really happening when we're showing up at that hair salon or esthetician appointments, um, and understanding that it is really one of the most spiritual experiences that we can have on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for many people, this is the only like sort of semi-regular act of self-care uh, that they give themselves. That's so true. Yeah. I didn't even think about it in that way. It's funny because the evolution of this show really started with yoga being that like journey into self-care. And I think a lot of people experience it through beauty, like in what you do and getting their haircut, getting, you know, being connected to somebody in sort of a pretty intimate way in one-on-one. When you started in your work, um, when you went to cosmetology school and you started this journey, did it feel pretty simple or was it like as profound as you feel that it is now? 
Oh my gosh, it was totally uh, not profound at all. <laughs> okay. In fact, uh, I I didn't think that I wanted to do hair. What I wanted to do starting out, I knew that I wanted to be an artist. Um, I was a really artistic kid. And so I sewed and I painted and I did all of these different mediums. Uh, and I thought what I wanted to do with my life was put like the skin on the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Like do that kind of. Oh my movie. gosh. Like the yeah, like, 3D sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, like, oh. uh, you know, like really life, like lifelike painting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have that artistic expression. And so I went and assisted someone and realized that it was very lonely. I mean, you're in a lab and it's very creative, but it's very solitary. And I realized that the element of connection and people is really the core of what I, I find so much joy in, in the work. And at that point, then it really is creating creating a piece of artwork on a moving canvas mm-hmm. and what it revealed to me later. And, and after, you know, a couple of decades in the work is not only it is that art on a moving canvas, but it's also very temporary art. You know, when I first started doing hair, a lot of the, I really built a name for myself in bridal styling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, talk about building a sandcastle, you know, all of this, incredible work and planning and practice for this one perfect moment. And then like, it's gone. And so it's also a real exercise in impermanence. You know, Mm -hmm. now I see the correlation between doing certainly a bridal style, but even a haircut or a color and like what the Tibetan monks are doing as they build sand mandalas. Mm -hmm. It's all of the gorgeous meditative work that's meant to be a devotional offering, but also is totally impermanent. Mm-hmm. And as as a consumer, as a client, I, I that feels that feels kind of refreshing, right? It's like we're going to do something fun, and we're going to have this moment and this ritual. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, it's perfectly planned. It's going to be fine. It's all good. I know that everybody feels that way about their hair, yeah. but that impermanence is is real life. I'm loving the fact that you we're going to like the skin on the um Jurassic Park dinosaurs. I feel like in like my worldview, everybody wanted to be a dolphin trainer. Like that was the vision for our future <laughs> is that we were all going to be dolphin trainers. And yeah. and now like as adults, as you as you experience probably in that um experience too is like that's a really tough job. And it, it's like not actually as rewarding as maybe we thought it would be grow into these careers that essentially kind of find us, right? They find us and, and help us. So I'd love for you to describe your, the rituals that you do now, the work that you do now with Crownworks and really like if someone were to come your way, whether in person or online, like what is that experience? Sure. So the Crownworks work was really all about taking this time that we're already allotting to our self-care. We're showing up, we're having an intimate connection with somebody. We have maybe 60 minutes to two hours where we're not obligated to do anything else. We're not expected to be available in email or on call. And also someone is touching us in a way that there's an exchange. So all of the Crownworks interactions are built around optimizing that experience. So whether it's, um, sorry, my your little, kitty, my puppy. Yeah, your my puppy. puppy. <laughs> I took away all his squeakies before we started and he found one. So let me get him from that. No he worries. Be I love that. 
Okay, so where were we? Oh, the okay, so the Crownworks treatments are really about optimizing the time that we're already spending. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that can look like pulling a card on the station and really letting that intuitively guide our conversation into something more deep and meaningful and using that time of connection with somebody where you have the kind of trust that you don't necessarily have with a doctor or a friend or even a therapist sometimes um, and just making the most of that intentional connection. And then we move from there all the way up to really identifying that maybe there's something that you want to ceremonially release with the haircut. And so we move into an entire sort of psycho-shamanic experience um, with a ritualized haircut and a release. And then you have sort of mystical homework where you've got to ritualize and complete your ceremony. So the work can really meet anyone on their degree of exploration. Um, and make this beauty routine something more meaningful. Mm. Wow, that's so beautiful. And just, yeah, let's optimize this time, this intimate time that we have together. So I know you do some like Reiki as well. You do um, distance work. How is that similar? Is like, how does it cater to like the beauty side of things if you were to work with someone remotely? Or maybe it doesn't. No, I think it all ties in and really um, without good, without going too far down the rabbit hole for me personally to recognize beauty is to recognize source. Mm. You know, when we started working with crystals, you know, at first it was a little bowl on my station and then we moved of course into creating the combs and creating that more of a ritual practice. But the beautiful thing is that someone would pick one up and they would look at it and there was this moment actually like this just sweet moment of marveling at the perfection of its creation. Mm -hmm. And there was no wanting it to be more symmetrical or wanting the color to be different. It was just appreciating that this thing just exists in the world. And that state of wonder and appreciation for beauty is really uh, a mystical or spiritual experience. So whether we're doing that in the salon and you're working with your reflection, or we're doing that with something that you thought was a problem in your life or a pain that we're using Reiki or breath work or spiritual counseling to examine the opportunity to bring back and awaken that sense of beauty and perfection and wonder with things as they are, as they were created, is the path through mm. in that work. Mm -hmm. You must be just wildly Venusian. Like, what does your chart look like? To you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I am. It is. It is all. It is all Moon and Venus. Um, <laughs> I am a Libra sun, a Cancer rising, and a Taurus moon. Oh my God, of course. That's so cool. I love that. Oh, yeah. Just like nurturing and yet like such appreciation. And it's it this is such good timing. So this'll this will air over the summer, but we're really in the thick of this, this Taurus Scorpio axis right now. And like I think about Taurus, like we we struggle with understanding like beauty when we see it like I just I really feel like the work that you do and that like presence and being literally in the now to experience something and make it that much more profound we can do that in so many different ways 
I have goosebumps all over my body. <laughs> so you have really hit like the, the crux of my, like my body work. And I feel like my, my, my own human experience and how all this plays together. I've been in beauty for 20 years. Now I'm really getting into um, some studies that will lead towards a path to chaplaincy and end of life work. Mm. So this, this idea of the beauty in the impermanence or the beauty in the, the ending of things, the death, the mystery of things is this Taurus Scorpio um, axis, right? So it's Taurus is beauty and pleasure and material and stability and groundedness. And here Scorpio is fluid in the underworld and death and endings. And so how these two book into each other um, is, is the work of, I mean, that is the entire spiritual experience, right? Mm-hmm. How do we be both human and in this body and also connected to the divine, enjoy the amusement park that is planet earth, but also know that we're not meant to be here all the time. So finding that practice in the impermanence, whether it's a spiritual practice, a plant medicine ceremony, a Tibetan death meditation, or a haircut can all be available. And my grandfather, um, who was my best friend, passed in 2020. And he said something once, he totally like boycotted the internet up until the last year of his life, like <laughs> was not doing, was not doing any of it. And I remember once uh, having, being there with him and having some folks over and then leaving. And in Texas, you know, if you're trying to say goodbye, it takes 20 minutes. Uh, And so at the end of all of this, we finally get everybody out the door and they say, okay, well, we'll call you in an hour, you know, when we get home. And he looks at me and sighs and laughs. And he said, y'all are so bad at goodbye. This technology has made you so bad at the little goodbyes that you're totally unprepared for the big one. And I think that that is the opportunity in all of this is how do we, how do we get okay with the fact that a color fades or uh, a haircut grows out? And certainly our relationship with beauty during COVID where we weren't allowed to go to the salon had us confronting grays coming in or this sense of perpetual perfection, you know, that spell kind of got broken. And so like, well, F, like, what do we do with this? Now I'm confronted with the fact that like this sustained perfectionism is actually being exposed and developing this muscle for enjoying something and celebrating it fully, not squashing our joy or preventing our our sense of pleasure, which is so Taurus, um, but also celebrating it because it ends. Mm-hmm. which is the Scorpio accent. Mm-hmm. So we're such in the, like the perfect lesson for all of this work right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Goosebumps. We just pass it on to each other. <laughs> I love that. It's funny because yeah. my husband works in nursing homes and assisted living. So we spend a lot of time in that <clears throat> sort of space of grieving and of death of very much Scorpio energy. And my kids, I'm, that's like one of our, my favorite things that they get to see is that they see the full spectrum of life, right? That this is, yeah. and, and sometimes it's really, really tough to see. It's like young people that are dying, right? And ultimately it like 
being in that space of grief and seeing that allows us to enjoy the beauty that much more, just like you were saying on the day to day. And like, if we're exploring anything over these 18 months of these, you know, the Scorpio Taurus, it's like, that is the vibe, seeing the details and being able to, you know, come out of some of the grief, the heavy that we've been in, which ultimately might've been a gift. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's, listen, having, I've, I've danced deep with grief in my life and anybody saying, oh, there's a gift in this can sort of screw right off because while you're, while you're in it, that's not, yeah. that's not the medicine that anybody needs. Um, however, and yes, and, uh, there is a factor of that, um, that loss shows us what's precious, you know, Mm -hmm. that it tenderizes us. Uh, I just finished reading this amazing book called bittersweet by the woman, uh, Susan Cain, who wrote quiet about introversion. Um, and that's her whole piece about how sorrow and longing teach us sort of the preciousness of things. And certainly I know my clients coming back after, you know, two years of on and off closures really appreciate. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Uh, And suddenly whether it was meant to be a ritual or not clients that had never explored any of the mystical aspects to my work were suddenly very open. I mean, my mother says there are no atheists in rabbit holes, you know? So (laughs) where, where you, uh, where you have this loss, there's also an inherent, the other side of that coin is appreciation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. I'd love to talk a little bit more um, specifically about the crystal combs because they're so, so cool. My, again, I have daughters and so like just stuff like that, like they're, mm, they're just like, bring me all the beautiful things. And I, it's so cool to be able yeah. to teach them like the ritual. So what was your vision for that? And like, if someone were to, to get one, like how, what is the practice? What is the self-care around the crystal combs? I love that. Um, I mean, first of all, it is such a, that like delicious excitement yeah. to take care of yourself. It's like a beautiful yoga mat or fun workout clothes. You know, when you're excited to get into it because there's kind of a ritual attire to it is the whole point. Like what draws you into the work? Is it a great playlist? What excites you about taking care of yourself? And so for me, the crystal combs very much were that. And from a professional standpoint, I was doing this work and um, I wanted something to really allow me, myself, to take the work more seriously. For instance, um, years ago when dry hair cutting became popular, when I started doing it, my clients were confused about it. And they were like, oh, well, are you are you running late? Like, why are we why are we doing it this way? <laughs> and I found it really I found it really helpful to have a dedicated pair of shears that were created for dry cutting Mm -hmm. so that when I went in to do this service, um, there was a dedicated tool and everybody knew like, okay, something different is happening here. And it added some validity and some credibility to the work for me as a professional. So I had a dream about the crystal combs when I was starting to, to do the work. And I wanted that same kind of tool for me. I also wanted something that clients could take home because we were doing these ritual works and, oh man, the payoff is so good. And like, you feel so juicy and liberated and plugged in. And then people were like, when can I come back? And I thought, oh gosh, you know, this could get 
slippery. We're going to run out of hair. We keep cutting it that often. So the idea was just like, um, you know, if you visit a chiropractor, they may make an adjustment, but the idea is they're also going to give you some help on how to sleep or some stretches or some things that you're going to be able to do to maintain this good feeling all the time. If I am the only source of your feeling good, then I'm actually not doing you any service as a service provider or let alone anybody who qualifies as healer. So the idea with the crystal calm for someone to take and practice themselves was to be able to recreate that um, experience and have a regular occurrence of a check-in. So as far as the ritual goes or the practice, it can be totally customized. Some of my clients will do it every time in the shower. Um, they'll run that through. And then it's just a matter of like combing out their day or mm. releasing from the crown of their energy body. Um, what they've held on to for the day. For some people, my favorite way to use it is like a five minute bedtime practice. So not only are we working energetically with the, the qualities of the stone um, or any essential oils or oil work we may use, but the, the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system just by the act of combing and the activation of those nerve endings on the head deeply relaxes us, allows for deeper sleep, easier falling asleep. So a bedtime ritual is a great way to do it. Uh, and then for people that have a little bit more of like a, a sort of witchy flair, they may do um, their home ritual themselves. And so that may look like meditating with the comb, inhaling some oils, really going into a meditation of asking their higher self for guidance and doing some journaling work after. So there's no wrong way to do it. Um, if you're combing, if you know how to comb your hair, you know how to use the crystal comb. <laughs> And even just doing that and adding in some simple like box breathing techniques or sitting in silence for two or three minutes after and seeing what your spirit has to offer up from that relaxed place is a beautiful way to integrate the work. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. And I think the bedtime routine is the new morning routine. I really do. I think all of us that are like moving into this, like, okay, we're setting ourselves. It's, it ultimately sets the whole next 24 hours into play. And with something like that, where you're moving into the parasympathetic, oh, that's so, so nice. And like, what a, I think like, what a cool gift, what a nice treat for yourself. It's just such a cool idea. And I don't know that I've seen, really seen it like in that way before, um, we just had a guest on the show recently, like breaking down the nitty gritty of crystals. And I I just am like blown away at what, you know, what the earth has provided for us. It's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. And what I love about the work with crystals too, is that much like sound work, you know, you can subscribe mentally to as much of it or as little of it as you like. It totally. sort of doesn't matter. If you mm -hmm. want to hold it like it's Dumbo's feather, that's totally fine. What I love about uh, crystals too is that sort of like, I don't know, like Hindu deities, right? There's sort of one for everything, like any quality or any aspect of the work that you'd like to focus on, the, the crystal can be an anchor in your intention. And when we do um, in salon ceremony or ritual work, we'll often choose uh, a stone to work with to take home that just sort of anchors in kind of like a bookmark or a, a, a notes 
uh, tab about what happened in that session. So it can help to draw you back in just with the idea or the concept of the intention behind it. But totally, smoky quartz transmutes energy mm-hmm. because of its its ionic composition, right? Um, and anybody who says they don't believe in crystals, well, if you're if you're using a smartphone, you know, to listen to this. Uh, then you're using crystal magic. That's true. Oh my gosh, I've never thought that. That's amazing. It's a good point. So a lot of questions that I get, I work a lot with with clients around just self-care. A lot of people that work in some form of service to others are, are wanting to essentially, one, set themselves up for just energetic protection and two, refill their cups because it's, you know, it's just, I mean, there's so much happening. This is true anytime when you're in service to others, it can be really draining. And I think about you too, going into the work that you're wanting to go into an end of life work. I mean, that stuff is, is tough. What tips would you have for uh, not necessarily cleansing, but like protection and then also refilling that cup energetically? Oh, this is, this is such a potent question. Um, And to be honest, in the course of the last 10 years of this work, the answer to that has really changed for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, energy clearing practices using sacred herbs, grounding practices, breath work, a good old nine breath, breath of fire, or some sacred herb spray to sort of reset the mood, um, sound tools, all of that is amazing. It's, it's an amazing practice. And there's, there's tons, there's tons of opportunity in there. Um, where it's gotten, I think a little bit more advanced for me or where I'm going with it next is really dissolving. It's a disillusion of the idea that there's anything that actually needs protected against. Because hmm. here's what happens, Ashley. When we when we set up and say, okay, here's my dance space, right? And here's your dance space. And I'm going to keep my space clean and your space. We're creating this barrier of separation and otherness. And as soon as that fence goes up, then the idea is that it keeps things out. But if for some reason th- something does get in, then it can't leave again. True. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the idea of protection almost can be like a lobster trap that then you get crud stuck in. And because we have this idea of hard line boundaries um, and protective containers, it actually winds up doing more harm than good. And we're in this perpetual loop of clearing and, and rebalancing and clearing and rebalancing. So breath has been the biggest practice for me because that as a clearing practice is really inviting in more of a porosity, right? Like thinking about that energetic boundary as being breathable, like cheesecloth, Mm. that, that what is for you can come through and what is not yours can just breathe back out. And so when we're in a high volume with lots of different energy, the breath work, um, five minutes in the bathroom, three minutes in the bathroom, making eye contact with yourself in the mirror and taking a breath into each of the energy centers um, will do more to rebalance and remind the body what is ours and what is theirs. Um, And keeping that fluid sense rather than the hard lines of protection has made a huge difference for me. 
because it's tiring to do all that clearing too. That's true. That is true. That I feel like that's such a good cancer answer because like I, you want to essentially be able to take care of them and like have the space and and also it be more fluid. Do you know? Um, do you know Cassie Yule? Do you know her, that name at all? She she's been on the show and she also is moving into end of life work similar to you she works in a lot of crystals and her answer was kind of the same and honestly you're the only two that have ever answered it in that way that like energetic protection is really this like like cheesecloth I love that that's so cool you guys should connect (laughs) one of the things that you know again we are like our own energy is so precious and like you said ultimately it's we're all in connection to each other. And I think the more fluid we can be. And again, these practices, whether it be using the crystal combs or just some breaths are so simple, right? They're just all so simple. All of the best ones are. I'd love to just touch on, and this is taking a a bit of a turn, (laughs) but like, I'm so curious because you do some work in this and I haven't really been able to ask people questions about this, but I know you do some work in mystical Christianity and that's part of your, your spiritual growth and, and your, the work that you do. What, like, what is that? Can you describe it in your words? And we, again, we don't have to take the rest of the time. I'm really just curious. (laughs) Sure. So, um, what comes forward first is a, is a roomy quote. Um, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you've built against it. And for me, coming into a new relationship and healing my relationship with Christianity, growing up in in the Christian South um, with a very conservative Christian upbringing, um, I had beef. I had beef with God. Like Mm -hmm. me and Jesus were not cool for a long time. And it was actually my, I had, I had an experience in one of my first Reiki attunements with a very, like a very Christian experience. And I was like, WTF, like, I don't do this anymore. Um, But what it really was, was an invitation for me to, to heal the barrier against the love that had been presented to me in that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily um, identify as, as Christian per se. Um, I think everybody's welcome at the table, but this journey for me has really been a healing journey about getting past the political or communal or really church as government indoctrinations Mm -hmm. um, of that to get back to the root of Christ consciousness. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy I can send you an email to list and show notes if you want a book list. Um, But Father Richard Rohr. Yes. uh, Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that was amazing. Um, Rob Bell, who's a theologian, wrote a book called What is the Bible? That was really helpful for me. A little far out, but not really. Uh, Neville wrote a book called Your Faith is Your Fortune that really talks about what the, the context of all of these sort of the, the Christian symbolism was. Um yeah, like there's been so many. And then of course, like for me, the, my way back into it was really anchoring into the Mary Magdalene work. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm Mary Magdalene is my homegirl more so than any of the rest of it. And so Megan Watterson's, all of mm-hmm. Megan Watterson's work and uh, Mary Magdalene revealed and that kind of feminist theology has been such a huge, I get goosebumps every time I talk about it, like a huge missing piece for me about 
how to come back into right relationship with the core of these teachings that were love-based, love without condition. Like Mm -hmm. I've got a whole book list I can send you um, of this unraveling of the judgment against the love uh, that was presented to me. So that has been as much of the work of undoing or unraveling as it is embracing necessarily mystical Christianity. That's Mm -hmm. been the key for me. Mm. Oh, that like actually, it like makes me emotional because uh, similar, I'm sure to your upbringing, like very rooted in, for me, it was Catholicism. And, and I just, I still feel like I feel that connection to something so much bigger. And ultimately it's, it is, it's a little bit of an unraveling and coming back to, yeah, to this, to the universal Christ, the Christ consciousness. I love Richard Rohr and I've, I try to explain parents are really conservative. And so I try to explain it to them sometimes. And they're, they're like, they're down, they're down to chat with me about it, but I'm just like, this is it. This is it. This is so much bigger than what we've put Jesus into this box. There's so much more. (laughs) Sure. Well, and it's interesting to loop back around, you know, to crave beauty, to crave perfection, to crave that wonder is to crave God and to recognize beauty is to recognize God. And so how can we present this in a way that doesn't trigger all of the againstness and the wounding and the ideas of separation and the politicizing of God that really like, like Jesus, JC would not have any part of, by the way. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I'm sure that you heard uh, Richard Rohr recently on Brene Brown's podcast, Unlocking mm-hmm. Us. If mm-hmm. you hadn't, please catch it. He's like, I could just listen to him all the time. Both of them. <laughs> uh, and he said, it so, it's so ironic that, you know, modern Christianity is selling certitude, like certainty as faith. And that's the, the entire opposite idea of faith. Faith is not being certain and easing into the mystery and easing into, again, this idea of impermanence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, leaning deeper into the the lost gospels or sort of the the old the the older versions of christianity um have allowed me to see that golden thread of connectivity that moves through many faiths um and really comes down to preciousness and devotion um and release of attachment that are so gorgeous, no matter what, no matter what shaped hat they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for touching on that. And if you have a book list, I would so appreciate it. I'm about to go on maternity leave. And in the past, I've like, you know, have my Netflix lined up, but I think this yeah. is gonna, this is oh going to be God. more my vibe. <laughs> I am so excited. I'm going to send you so many books. Oh my gosh. Okay. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. And, um, Again, this is, I'm just so, I'm just so vibing on all the cool things that you do. Thanks for really diving into this and and doing the work that you do because it makes such a big difference. I mean, it really does the work. It's, it's a ripple effect. I'd love to know what, just what are your regular self-care practices? They can be anything simple, profound, smoothies, whatever. doesn't matter. What do you do? Yeah. Um, I think silence is my number one self-care practice. Mm. Especially after uh, a, a day, you know, with clients in the salon, I very frequently will drive home in total silence. 
I saw that meme that says, you know, sitting in your driveway in silence in your car is self-care, you know, if you it know 100% you know. is, but oh my gosh, it 100% yes, it is. Is. yeah. So that I think is the number one piece, um, piece. So that, um, I'm a, a, obviously a huge, uh, proponent of breath work, um, movement that's not agenda-based at all. That's just pleasure and expression in play. So five rhythms dance has been a game changer for me in self-care, um, and pleasure and play over the years that changed my life. Um, what else? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of pieces to it. Um, I'm a, a the can't very can't steer. I'm like, I need to be in warm water as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hot springs, hot baths, like any of that, that I can get into 100% put me in a tub of water. Those are, those are kind of the go-to there's other stuff that I will reach to, um, in different places. I'm really right now on a big, uh, sort of food journey, my relationship with nutrition is changing. And that's as a result of some health issues that I've had over the last couple of years, but really reworking that, um, in a way that's just less punitive and more, um, nourishing. And, you know, when I'm talking to other professionals that are doing this work, I'd like to invite them to look at their unique needs, like they were an Olympic athlete. Mm. Right. So what an athlete is going to need for rest, for sleep, for nutrition is going to be totally different. And that athlete is not going to explain to their friends why they have to go to bed at 8 p.m. or need 3000 calories of carbs, like whatever they need, (laughs) they need. Uh, And so I'm really coming into more of a relationship like that with myself. Um, And I feel really fortunate, you know, on the West Coast, I've split my time between Los Angeles and the Oregon coast and both places. Like there's just such an abundance of good, healthy food options. Um, I am not a cook. So my newest self-care practice is learning to do that for myself. For you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun split. LA, Oregon. I feel like I don't hear that too much. (laughs) That's a nice balance of both worlds. Busy and that's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, Andy, this was so so enlightening. And I really, I learned a lot. I feel really inspired. Thanks for your time. And again, for all the work that you do. So our listeners are kind of all over. I'm in Minnesota. So, you know, some people are, who knows? I'm sure there's plenty in LA. Can, if people want to work with you, they want to connect with you in person online. Can you share all your good info? Oh, thank you so much for that. Yeah. So the best bet is my website, uh, www.crownworks.net. Uh, and there's everything there from booking rituals to virtual breathwork sessions, distance Reiki, um, consulting options. And then of course the shop with all the delicious goodies in it. Um, you can follow me at crown underscore works on Instagram. You will get there a lot of like more of my stream of consciousness than maybe you want. <laughs> uh, also some poetry and some memes that maybe only I laugh at. Um, but you can reach me that way as well. Perfect. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate this. Was, this was amazing. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everyone. If you enjoyed this conversation and you want to connect with Andy, make sure to use the code yoga magic for 22% off of her services and her awesome crystal combs on her website. More information on Andy in the show notes. And thanks so much for being here, everyone. Make sure you're following along on Instagram at yoga magic podcast. I'll see you next week.